What's up everyone and welcome to the weekly Q&A. Real quick before questions, we have three things to go over. First is a shout out and a thank you to Keith Johnson who joined our Patreon at the Jedi Master level. Thank you so much for your support. Second, we're actually filming this on a Friday, so we watched the most recent episode of The Mandalorian, so we won't be making guesses on certain questions, but there will be spoilers for yesterday's episode if you haven't seen it yet. And finally, just a reminder, we are supporting the Hyper Toy Drive uh, for the next couple weeks, and there is a link to that in the description for more information, or if you want to support the Toy Drive. For our first question this week, Trevin Pettigrew asks if Moff Gideon could be working with or for Grand Admiral Thrawn. Well, yeah, that seems to be... I I can't decide if they're working together um, or if it's like a separate faction thing going. Yeah. Uh, We watched it a second time today, and the more I think about it, the more I feel like Ahsoka... And her mentioning Thrawn is like a completely separate thing. That's part of her quest to find Thrawn and Ezra. Probably doesn't have anything to do with Gideon. I, I could go either way. Uh, I, there have been some articles with Giancarlo Esposito talking about hints that, you know, he seems to have a lot of resources and intelligence and he has to be getting that from somewhere and it would make sense if like all of these moths had someone that were telling them what to do. So that does seem to hint towards some things, it, b- but it could, it, I'm, I'm coming around on all this, uh, yesterday, AKA earlier today, I was definitely like, Oh, I don't know how I feel about all this. And it's more just like, I think I need to shift my attitude a little bit and that's fine. Um, cause I do, get excited at the the idea of seeing a live action Thrawn. Again, it's just one of those things where like reading those books in the nineties, I never would have thought that someday they might cover his return to the galaxy. They might do something like heir to the empire, probably not beat for beat, but something along those lines. And that does excite me. Yeah. I mean, we have talked about all kinds of, possible cameos to show up in this show and i think early on thrawn was one of them that we just kind of threw out there as a possibility and i never thought that thrawn would have a place in this show and i i still kind of don't but yeah i mean if if that's who moff gideon is working under then it can work it's more i i get curious about just how the scope of this show is going to change is it going to be galactic stakes or is it just going to be like i kind of liked the idea that maybe at the end mandalorians would retake mandalore specifically that might still be the case maybe mandalorians are going to rise up and actually like help the galaxy for once which they haven't done a whole lot of um also i do think it's interesting that in celebration 2019 they had pierce brosnan thrawn up there (laughs) Was that a coincidence? Did they really model that after him? Sure looked like him. I mean, I'm just saying, would be interesting because they were probably like filming season two at around that time or maybe getting ready to, which I wouldn't be surprised if that meant that maybe they had season three mapped out or like, I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean, I I think it's interesting (laughs) that that live action depiction of Thrawn looked so much like Pierce Brosnan. What is what is old Pierce up to these days? Uh, do you think he would 
take on a role like that? Who wouldn't want to play in Star Wars? All right, would he wear blue makeup or would it be CG blue skin? I think it, it I guess it would be makeup. That makes more sense to me. I don't know why they would just... I like, have so many questions. <laughs> change the color of his skin in post. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I am warming up to this idea just kind of like, all right, if this is the avenue, if this is the direction that the Mandalorian is going to go, uh, okay, I'll get on board. <laughs> it just wasn't my first choice. Christopher Aiza and Mr. J.D. Rice want to know if the jeans guy should be edited out of the siege. Well, R.I.P. jeans guy, because he just got edited out of that episode. Yeah. So, so now I do want to kind of talk about, like, whether or not he should have been edited out. I I don't know. It, it was in, like, a split-second moment. It's not like... The trooper hitting his head or, I don't know, like the coffee cup in Game of Thrones. Like, well, even the coffee cup was like something in the background. Like, I missed it every yeah. time. And I never saw Gene Sky until people were like, look, Gene Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe Favreau is like a real stickler for something like that. And it was like, get that out of there. Like, I'm not surprised that they edited him out. We have the technology now. But I don't know. Part of me thinks back to things like the the reflection of the cobra in Raiders of the Lost Ark where it's like right in Indy's face but you can barely see that like there's a pane of glass between Harrison and the snake and they did edit that out at one point and then Steven was like no you know what I should have just left that in like that's just it happens sometimes those it's, things happen it's flavor and for like the time yeah. and the circumstance of which filming with live snakes <laughs> yeah, and and Star Wars fans like we latch onto those things and they become fun and like that that already happened. Like Gene Man will live on in our hearts forever. <laughs> People were already making mock-ups of his toy. Right. I I'm positive we're going to see cosplays. Like someone's just going to carry a wall around. Ooh. Like at, at Celebration 2022, but uh I I don't mind that they edit him out. I'm not surprised, but uh I also would have been fine if they were like, you know what? We're going to leave it in. It's fine. I did see some people like complaining that he was canon. And I, <laughs> to that I say he's obviously not. He's got a watch on and, and blue jeans. Like <laughs> the fact that a, a background, per, not a background person, a part of the crew appeared in a Star Wars movie does not make them canon at all. Uh, so let that go. <laughs> Jimmy Powers asks where Boba Fett got his armor. So uh, seen some people asking like a lot lately is Boba Fett's armor, Jango Fett's armor just repainted. And the answer is no. Uh, I actually just happened to watch. It's a really great extra about Mandalore and the season two DVD special features for the Clone Wars. Uh, and they talk about Boba Fett and how basically their ideas that he scavenged armor over the years. And that's even what uh, I believe 1313, the video game was going to be about. You were going to be Boba Fett and you were going to build your armor over the course of that game. So Boba Fett didn't get his armor in the same way like Din did. I don't, again, I don't think he follows the creed. Mm -hmm. uh, sounds like m maybe he killed Mandalorians along the way and just took a bit here and took a bit here. That's that's that was going to be my next thought. Is do you think he was specifically hunting down and killing 
Mandalorians for their armor, or uh, some of it, maybe he can, like, maybe he got the helmet from a person that he killed, and some of it he bought off some Jawas, and... Yeah, I, I think it's probably a number of different things, and Dave Filoni said in that uh, special feature, he's like, yeah, Boba Fett did it because his dad did it, and he just wanted to look like dad, so that was kind of his goal. Kind of uh, sweet. Yeah, but then you can also see that he has <laughs> tricked his armor out a few different ways. There's some gadgets that Boba Fett has that uh, other Mandalorians don't. He's got trophies attached to him, stuff like that. So, yeah, his Mandalorian armor is a little bit different. Jim W. wants to know if Gideon was just given the Darksaber as a war trophy, or did he actually earn it? I think that's interesting, and I, I talked about this on a video this past week about Gideon and how I see him. Uh, I might be absolutely wrong about all that now with potentially Thrawn being in charge of him. I don't know. Um, but I like the idea that maybe Gideon is someone who uh, really wants power but doesn't understand it. And like he might be going after the Force, although he doesn't get it. He, it's something that he just knows he wants. And I, I think that the Darksaber could potentially be something like that. Yeah, I I hope that this question gets answered fairly directly in the show. I hope we see how we got or how he got the dark saber or he mentions it or something because I I am really curious as to how he got it and if he had to like specifically like fight Book Tan or something for it. Mm. Um yeah, I I hope this question gets answered. I like to think that he had to earn it and wasn't just uh, given to him, but to talk about another Giancarlo uh, interview, he says that Moff Gideon is quite good with it, so it's totally possible he could have earned it. Um, but I, I could also see it being just like a spoils of war. Maybe Bo-Katan surrendered it to him, something like that. Maybe Thrawn gave it to him. I don't know. <laughs> it's like that's. I, I think that Gideon is already a really interesting character who I want to explore more. So I'm a little bit like. I, kind of the same way we talked about Boba Fett stepping in and overshadowing Din or any of these characters. Um, I don't want Grand Admiral Thrawn to step in and then overshadow Gideon, if that's what the plan is. Yeah. Do you think that their relationship is anything similar to Krennic and Tarkin? It could be. I mean, and I like that dynamic that maybe Gideon isn't on board with Thrawn. Maybe he's playing along with him, but he has plans to take power for himself i don't know um that that to me is more interesting than just like oh we learn in season three that gideon is he's got another master and that like it just keeps going <laughs> james ashley asks what we think is going on with the bodies in the tanks from the siege episode so uh, nothing good yeah <laughs> Nothing good. That's another one that I think my opinion might be changing based on this last episode, where uh, previously I was like, nah, it's not Snoke. Um, I, I, well, I do still think it's like Force-sensitive tr experiments trying to transfuse blood into someone who's not Force-sensitive to make them Force-sensitive, and it's going uh, terribly awry. I said it right. Oh. <laughs> Everyone made fun of me for saying it Alri. Um, so I thought you'd be more proud of me. I totally uh, forgot already <laughs> about that. So, yeah, I I don't know. After the stuff with 
Thrawn potentially coming in and like connecting to more and more stuff, I'm like, okay, you know, maybe that is the Mandalorian's purpose. The way that the Clone Wars really expanded the world, the prequel era, maybe the Mandalorian is really going to expand that whole time period between the originals and the sequels. Yeah, I mean, could be. I know we were both very much against the idea of bringing any sort of cloning uh, related to Palpatine or Snoke into this show, but if that's what it is, then that's fine. Like, it it all comes down to storytelling, and if, if they can weave it into the overall story well enough, then... Sure, it's fine to sprinkle little stuff like that in there. And, you know, according to the concept art that plays during the credits, they were just kind of like shapeless blob. They just kind of look like things. people silhouettes. Yeah. So it it could also just be, yeah, a couple failed experiments. Um. Uh, Snoke and Palpatine, it's like not something that I'm dying to have answered. I kind of just want to like, let's leave that stuff alone for a little while. But also that is one of the things where I was like, oh, they're really just jumping into the dead speak and Palpatine's back at the start of episode nine. And like Snoke is still very ambiguous. So if you're going to answer questions about the sequel era, like those are the lingering questions. So if they can continue to find interesting ways to do that, which I don't know. I, I feel like I'm poo-pooing all over the Mandalorian the past day or two, and I'm not. Like I'm still really loving season two. Uh, it, it's just like I was enjoying this very focused personal story, and if it's meant to get bigger and bigger and bigger, then so be it. Yeah, um, you're just you're just such a positive person. People don't know how to act. <laughs> When you criticize something, it does kind of happen. Where I was, like, it hurts everyone's feelings, Alex. <laughs> the the people who really love it are like, "What? Alex doesn't like it as much as I did." I'm like, "It's fine. Like, it's okay." This uh, guy, like, I'm still riding high off a of Cobb Vanth and Bo-Katan. <laughs> it's it's yeah. okay if uh, the Ahsoka episode didn't like really nail it for me because those other two did. That's it for patron questions. If you're a patron and you didn't see your question answered here, just head over to Patreon where we left you a written response. If you're not a patron, you can learn more by following the link in the description. Just a dollar a month will get you access to extra Star Wars Explained content like audio commentaries for the films. And right now we're doing audio commentaries for all the new Mandalorian episodes, so we'll be doing one for the Jedi very soon. On to YouTube questions. Lucas C.A. Roca asks, How many seasons we think the Mandalorian will last? I could see it going five, like, easily, maybe more. I mean... Yeah, I mean, we are just now learning more about what Gideon wants with the child. Or we can call him by his name now, I guess. Grogu. Grogu. See, Molly has to accept some things, too. (laughs) I'm, I'm working... I gotta work through that one. Um, so, yeah, several seasons. They're already working on season three. Uh, they're introducing some pretty big name cameos and small names if you want to talk about Cobb Vanth. But, yeah, I mean, 
I, I would hate to see them really run it into the ground with like 10 seasons, but it just depends on, you know, if there's enough story yeah. to be told. I mean, there are only eight episodes a season, which to me, I don't maybe that says that uh, Favreau has this planned out and maybe they just took that number and divided it by eight. <laughs> and we're like, how how many years can we get out of this? So maybe it's like 56 chapters or maybe 50 uh, and then that would be like six seasons where the last season has two extra episodes, something like that. Mm-hmm. That that seems appropriate for me. That's not uh, too many, yeah. uh, but it also feels like a, a nice long uh, amount to binge when we're doing rewatches. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much talk about spinoff shows that whenever this show inevitably does end there will be a handful of other shows potentially with similar characters for us to enjoy. And just while we're talking about spinoffs, I mean, that's also a possibility for Thrawn and Ahsoka. Like that could just kind of veer off into that's their story and they might weave in and out of the Mandalorian here and there. Uh, I would like that. I would almost prefer that, I think. But uh there are plenty of <laughs> possibilities here for the Mandalorian story to like continue even after its main run is complete. Nick Bush wants to know if Ahsoka will call the child Baby Yoda. Well, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't. Nope, she learned his name. Yep. Let's uh, talk about that. Okay. <laughs> I wrote this Q and A. Uh, I put the questions down uh, this past Wednesday, I think. Um, <laughs> But, but okay, so she she did bring up Yoda, which was something that we talked about, I believe, last week in mm-hmm. a Q and A or during the live stream, whether or not she would name drop Yoda, and she did, saying that the only other of his kind she had ever seen or met was Master Yoda. Get out of here, Yaddle. Well, she probably never met Yaddle. Yaddle was there's a chance Yaddle wasn't around when Ahsoka came along. But yes, Yaddle exists, existed also at some point. <laughs> we should not forget. I'll never forget. Yaddle and her sacrifices. Um, so I, that was a moment in the, in the episode I really, really loved. Was, and Ludwig does, did this the whole episode. He's been doing it this whole season is like weaving in familiar themes. Uh, just a little bit of Yoda's theme like comes in and goes right back out and right back into the main music he's written. Ahsoka's theme came in and out. He's been using March of the Resistance whenever Carson is around. So uh, lots of fun stuff there. But yeah, I think I'm 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 coming around on Grogu. Uh, I keep like forgetting what it is and saying it Gorgu or Gro- I keep wanting to say Groju. Well, the Goju was what Steel Yoju or Yoju. Yeah, Yoju uh, was what Steel guessed his name would be, and he got pretty close. Yeah. So I, I, I've been saying for a while that I didn't think they would name the child. And it did kind of have that. And my reasoning for that was whatever they name it, people are going to be like, huh, okay. And that's exactly the reaction I had. But I'm like, I'm past that now. I'm like, okay, Groju. I'm probably still going to call him Baby Yoda a lot. but <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and we talked about this earlier today when we were walking the dog. Because they waited so long to give him a name, it that's I feel like that had uh, an effect on our reaction to the name. Like if they had 
given us his name at the end of the first season, it might have been less of a, huh, reaction. And this is something I kind of wish I had thought of when I was doing my review, but I do think that this, an episode like this is when I really feel the, oh, this is a weekly release. If this were, hey, we dumped the whole season out at once and we just binged it all, and if they had done 16 episode seasons instead and I just binged through it all, like, yeah, this wouldn't even be a conversation I'm having. Like, this isn't bad storytelling at all. It's just kind of like the vibe I was getting uh, and expecting from what they had told us so far, Mm -hmm. uh, and I was wrong, and that's fine. (laughs) I already forgot it again. Is it Groju? Groju. Grogu. It's Grogu. K-Dog Westmore asks if Din could cameo in the Kenobi series since he claims he's spent so much time on Tatooine. (laughs) I doubt it. Like, him him saying I've spent much time on Tatooine just means, like, he's been here before. He's learned to communicate with the Tusken Raiders and stuff. I don't think he, like, uh, interned there or did a... (laughs) uh, What's a... Like, a, a student... That goes overseas oh, <laughs> for an exchange student. Or like a study abroad program. Yeah, yeah I don't think he did any of that. <laughs> no, I mean, Tatooine, it's got Moss Eisley. It's it's where Scum and Villainy goes. He's a bounty hunter. It just, it makes sense that he would be going to and from there a lot. However, uh, at the point in time of the Kenobi series, I think they said it was, it's either five or ten years after the Clone Wars end. So... Uh, we we could see like a tiny little Mandalorian in his tiny little suit of armor, <laughs> and I mean that would be adorable. Well, then we'd get baby Mando. Oh, <laughs> well, he wouldn't be a baby, but he, he'd we'd be call like him a baby Mando. Though. He'd be like a bratty teenager. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he, he, I mean, yeah, he might look like one of those kids that we saw running around in the covert. Sure. <laughs> Destastic wants to know if Din broke his code of honor by keeping the Beskar armor and the child. I think he broke the guild code of honor, but I think he upheld his own code of honor. Yeah. And also, I, I feel like he can change his code of armor. Honor? Uh, or, yeah, <laughs> honor uh, whenever he wants to. Um, yeah, yeah, like that to me was just his conscience told him something and he was like, I'm going to listen to it. And he he followed his heart and he did what he thought was honorable. Mm-hmm. And he did get kicked out of the guild for it. So, yeah, he broke the guild rules, but uh, if anything, he was, like, finally following his own code. Yeah, and they let him back in. Yeah. Because he's awesome. Belzebubby12 asks if there's a chance we'll ever see Thrawn in live action. So was this asked before or after today's episode? This was asked before. Oh. So. Good catch. uh Uh-huh. We're just going to keep talking about Thrawn. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that it's almost a given at this point. I think it will happen. It's just a matter of when and how. Yeah. I mean, I keep coming back to the idea of this Rebels sequel series that we may or may not see that will be animated, I assume. Or maybe some wires got crossed and it's all live action. That would be... I don't know. That would be a weird move for Star Wars to make a sequel series. I agree. From animated to, but uh, yeah, it's possible. I just, my first thought is he's going to come back in a spinoff series animated, but 
I've always said that I wouldn't mind seeing him in live action, but that I feel like that's that feels really big and it feels like movie the theatrical movie territory to me. But at this point, you know, the Disney Plus shows are so amazing and we can't go to theaters anyways, so put him in a show. That's I, I think that something that I'm still getting used to clearly is the idea that the animated and live action TV series are like they're making like a TV universe for a while. It felt like animation was its own little world and they all seemed pretty connected. Um, Resistance was kind of the outlier there, but it was like we got our Clone Wars and then we got our Star Wars Rebels and then there's like this rumored Rebel sequel series. But now we're also getting these live action series. And I think that instead of keeping them separated, they're like, nope, they're one and the same. And that is awesome. <laughs> like, I'm, for the most part, loving it. And I it just, it's still a little jarring to me where I, it used to be like, no, I have my comics and I have my books and I have, the, like, everything was neat and separated. And mm-hmm. now it's getting a little messier, but in a good way. I don't mean that in, like, a, this is so chaotic. Like, I think it's great that they're pulling in book stuff, comic stuff. Like, it's all feeling connected like that feels like it was the promise of rebooting legends so it's fun it's good (laughs) i'm just like i don't know maybe i I gotta let go of my own expectations which is always a hassle (laughs) (laughs) uh well yeah the older we get the more stubborn we get Mm -hmm. uh maybe one day we'll eventually run into a Roger Rabbit situation where <laughs> it's part animated, part live action. Got to make everybody happy. Get it all in there. It's going to be Jackson, the green rabbit from the <laughs> comics. Like he's going to be the the animated rabbit. Yep. Uh, but no one will comment on the fact that he's a cartoon. He's just going to exist in Star Wars. <laughs> Who's to say there's not an animated species out there? We don't know. <laughs> That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion and get a guaranteed written response. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.